is the Run Your Day podcast with Dan Hafner. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Run Your Day podcast. As always, your host, Dan Hafner here. I am joined by a very special guest. I'm very excited that she's on the show here today. Uh, her name is Michelle Seiler Tucker, and I'm going to introduce her here in a second. Um, but we're going to talk about some really, really cool stuff today. I'm very, very excited. Um, as you'll hear from her, she's she's been around the block several times, and I'm, I'm very, very excited to kind of get her perspective on things. Um, so Michelle Seiler Tucker is the founder and CEO of Seiler Tucker Incorporated. Um, she holds the Mergers and Acquisitions Master Intermediary title, uh, which sounds like a pretty big deal, um, as well as many other, um, you know, titles and, and, cert, and cert, certifications. Um, she also owns many other businesses in several different industries. Um, she's a 20-year veteran in the mergers and acquisition industry, and she's regarded as the leading authority on buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. Her and her firm have sold over 1,000 businesses in almost every different vertical and have a remarkable track record of success. So, Michelle, thank you for joining. And welcome to the show. All right. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess, you know, other than that, uh, that introduction we gave there, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you'd like the audience to know. Sure. Um, well, I specialize in, in, you know, I haven't always done mergers and acquisitions, but I've always been an entrepreneur. So I've always owned many different businesses. Uh, before I, I got into mergers and acquisitions, I did franchise sales, franchise consulting, franchise development, and sold hundreds of franchises. And then I transitioned into selling companies because so many buyers didn't want to buy a franchise. Hmm. So I'm like, you know, I'm leaving. I, I want to help other buyers and, um, and I'm leaving money on the table here. So let me transition into selling companies. And so I transitioned to selling businesses and then very quickly, you know, realized that what Steve Forbes says is true that 80% of businesses will not sell. Eight out of 10 businesses do not sell. And so I thought, gosh, if I don't start fixing these businesses, growing these businesses, building these businesses to sell, I'm probably going to starve to death. <laughs> huh. So that's when I really, you know, got into fixing businesses, building them. So I specialize in buying, selling, fixing, growing. I buy businesses and flip them. I obviously sell businesses and merge businesses. I also have partnered with business owners, investing my capital, you know, my energy, my efforts, my expertise and resources to help put business owners on a build to sell plan so that they can exit in three to five years. Very cool. So, so what was your first business? The very first business I sold was a small, well, you know, I tell you almost neck and neck. I sold a small restaurant bar that was actually pretty famous because they had these deep fried burgers, you know, as if burgers are not bad enough for us, they deep fried <laughs> them. <laughs> and then I also sold a flower shop, I think like in the same week. And wow. um, so I started off selling small businesses and then very quickly transitioned and selling businesses $10 million and up. Wow. Very cool. So that, I mean, that's, that's a very inspiring story. I mean, cause I mean, you're clearly, I mean, you got like the whole big background, you get the whole team I see going on here and everything like, so, I mean, you clearly, <laughs> you clearly like got some stuff, uh, you know, figured out. So, you know, like, I, I guess for, for our audience here, you know, like if you could go back in time, to like when you were starting for a moment, like kind of mentally, like going back in time to when you were like first cutting your teeth, kind of figuring things out. Um, 
what would you do differently? What, what would you go back and tell yourself about starting out in that place? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I would do different is I didn't really have any role models growing up and I didn't really have any mentors. So if I could go back and do things differently, it would be to have a mentor, you know, to have somebody who's already been down my path so I can learn from their mistakes instead of from my own <laughs> yeah. and shorten my, you know, shorten my path to success and shorten my lear learning curve dramatically. That's probably what I would go back in and change, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you about before we get too far down the rabbit hole here were, um, I saw on your website, you have a couple of books. Can you tell us about those? Sure. So I wrote Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth in 2013. Um, I've also written contributing chapters in Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill Foundation. Uh, I have another book um, that I have written, but it's not published yet. It's all about acquisitions. It's all about buying businesses. And then my most recent book that um, is going to launch soon is Exit Rich, which in case you forget, it's right behind me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So, so tell me a little bit more about Exit Rich. I'm kind of, I, I was kind of intrigued by that one. Well, the reason I wrote Exit Rich is, you know, when I wrote Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth in 2013 and I did the research, mm -hmm. you know, I learned that 95% of startups would go out of business. So the one to five years are the most risky. And we all knew, we all know that. Yeah. But what was really shocking to me, you know, I started noticing that every time I would visit a new city, visit a city, you know, meet with a client, I would notice that this business that was here last month is not here anymore. And I noticed that over and over and over again. So I started doing the research for my latest book, Exit Rich. And I learned some sterling statistics that the business landscape has actually flip-flopped. So now startups are not at great risk anymore. Startups, only 30% of startups will go out of business now. So you startups have a much greater chance of success than ever before. However, out of 27.6 million companies, those businesses have been in business 10 years or longer 70% of those businesses will go out of business, seven zero. That's before COVID. So businesses are dropping like flies. You hear about the big public companies all the time. Toys R Us in business 75 years closes down. Kmart, JCPenney, Montgomery Ward, Pier 1, Steinmark, Godiva is closing down 1,500 locations. Yeah. GNC is closing down 900 locations. So that's what the media talks about. But the media doesn't talk about the private companies. They don't talk about the private companies. They don't talk about the mom and pop companies. They don't talk about the companies on every street corner in every town and every state across our great nation. These business owners, unfortunately, are exiting poor. Yeah. Having to sell for pennies on the dollar, close their business, or even worse, file bankruptcy. So that's why I wrote Exit Rich, to teach entrepreneurs and business owners that you really should plan your exit strategy from the beginning from day one of buying or starting your business. I call this the STGPS exit model. And then you need to build a business that somebody actually wants to buy. Because <laughs> yeah. most businesses are not sellable because buyers don't want to buy the business you created. Because so it's a need, job. Yeah, It's a job. Most entrepreneurs have created a glorified job, yep. which they go to work at every day versus a business that works for them. So then Exit Rich will also walk our readers through what I call building the right infrastructure so you can build a sustainable, scalable, and when you're ready, actually have a sellable asset 
So we walk them through what I call running your business on all six cylinders and all six P's. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, so I I want to come back to that and maybe put a pin in that for a second, but the, the, you kind of led me into my next question, but I, what I'm hearing you say from what you said before was like, you have a 70% chance as a startup these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously as long as you're doing it correctly, like to actually succeed, like that's, that's incredibly mm-hmm. uplifting news, right? I mean, that's the, very uh, uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously on the other side of that, right? Like you have like, once you're in business a little bit longer, obviously it gets harder. You can get too big, you can get outdated and it's very easy to to lose it. But you know, like for, for the, at least the type of audience that we talk to and then like out there, that's, that's incredible. 70%. Yeah, that's it. That's incredible. It's better than it's ever been. And I think there's a few reasons for that. You know, the reason that the businesses are going out of business, 70% are going out of business after 10 years is because the owners stop doing one thing. I call this AIM, A-I-M. They stopped innovating and marketing. AIM is always innovate and market. You can't stop innovating. You're either growing or you're dying. Toys R Us did nothing different in 75 years. <laughs> and then they wonder why they went out of business. Yeah. Blockbuster sold Netflix and saw the writing on the wall and did nothing, sat back fat and happy. And they could have bought Netflix, but they went out of business. You know, Xerox turned up their nose at the mouse. <laughs> so the stories go on and on and on. But you have to innovate and you have to market. Because consumers' buying habits change. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever makes it easiest for the consumers to do business with you is a company that's going to win. Amazon winning <laughs> because they make it so easy for us to purchase products and have it delivered at our doorstep in two days. And now they're buying a bunch of new a bunch of planes so they can get it to you in one day. Yeah. So you really have to innovate. And I think the reason that these startups of a higher success rate is because they are more innovative, you know? And I know they're not just going to start in another coffee shop or another restaurant. I call those the dreamer businesses in my book. And the problem with those businesses is, you know, if you already got 12 restaurants on the street, you probably don't need another one. <laughs> if you already have, you know, five coffee shops on the corner, you don't need another one, you know? But I think the reason why startups are so much more successful it's because you have a lot more millennials starting businesses than ever before. And these startups are innovative. They're unique. They're not another coffee shop. They're not another restaurant. They're not another smoothie store or another yeah. ice cream store. How many more ice cream stores do we need? Yeah. You know, they're, they're looking at, to solve problems. They're providing solutions and that's why they're being successful. And that's what business is all about. That's what entrepreneurship is all about. See a problem, find a solution, create the business. And business owners have been in business for 10 years. Stop doing that. They're married to their idea. They treat their business as their baby, not as their most valuable asset. And they're married to their concepts. And once, you know, what they grew their business on, that they don't want to do anything different. And Here's the bottom line. If you keep doing things the way you always done, you won't be in business for very long to do it differently. Unfortunately. Man, there's some pure gold in everything that you just said there. That's that's <laughs> incredible. No, and that's that's that was a, a major pivot point in my own entrepreneurial journey was when I started to realize you, you can't just build an improvement product. Like yeah. nobody wants a better mousetrap, right? They want something different that solves a problem in a little bit different of a way. Yeah, we want a unique mousetrap, something that's unique. We want different. 
You know, you can thank Steve Jobs for that. <laughs> you know, when Steve Jobs came back to Apple, right? He's like, what, you know, and you gotta be preemptive. You gotta, you gotta try to figure out what do people need before they know they need it? Yeah. Whoever thought that we would be standing in line for hours to get the newest iPhone when it's really a few little changes? Or who, I remember the first time they came out with an iPad. I'm like, that's the most stupid idea I've ever heard. And now I have 12 of them. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. you got to figure out, you got to be preemptive. You got to always look, you know, there's opportunity all around us, but some people see opportunity, whereas many don't. And some people act on it, whereas even more won't. Yeah. And I mean, I think that was one of the big things that happened last year was so many people um, you know, COVID when it, when it all on set, there was so much of a narrowing of that. Like, and it was just nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody. There were, there were more people that saw less opportunity and constricted than mm-hmm. people who saw big opportunity and expanded. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's very, very cool. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit here. I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about you and about your personal, you know, how you, how you run your day, you know, like this is what the show is all about. So like walk us, walk us through like a day in the life of Michelle. Well, my days, my days lately are not typical Michelle days Okay. <laughs> because I'm launching a book. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. And you know, writing a book, I tell you, writing a book is easy. I mean, I can write a book in six weeks, whereas it takes other people years. Yeah. It's the marketing, it's the sales, it's the launching. So now, you know, my days are really consumed with podcasts <laughs> and radio shows and TV shows. So I have a pretty, I have a really good team behind me though. And so I have an analyst team, you know, I have brokers, I have marketing, you know, I have really good teams behind me. So, I mean, I still, when I have a little window <laughs> of time, I work on my business, I work on my businesses, not so much in my businesses. And, um, and, you know, I, I work with some clients, you know, the larger type clients, um, typically, um, you know, 15, 20 million and up and run my business. <laughs> That's a difficult day. I mean, I get up at 4.45 a.m. I work out for an hour. <laughs> you know, I make sure I give thanks and, and show gratitude before my feet hit the floor. I try to, but it's hard at 4.45 a.m. sometimes. It is. Um, and I work out and I take my daughter to school every day. I have a 10 year old daughter. I make sure she gives gratitude and I make sure that she repeats her mantras. I make sure that, um, you know, I get her off to school and then I come to the office and I'm probably doing about five to 10 of these a day. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, no, that's cool. I mean, maybe can you like, to be honest with you, I've never really talked with someone of, of your stature really on this show. So I'm very, very I'm very thankful that you came on here and I'm very interested to hear. So can you, can you talk about like what someone at your level, like what is the difference in working on your business and working in your business, like at your level? Um, What do you mean at my level? Because working on your business, what do you mean at my level? Make that distinct. Well, to to be honest, a lot of my listeners don't have $15 million clients. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, so somebody that has, you know, has been established in business that's, Mm -hmm. that's been, had the success that you have, Mm -hmm. right? Because you know, that's a big buzzword. People always talk about like work on the business, not in the business. Right. And, and I've, I've even recently come out of that stage in my own business where, I was the only one, like I had to do everything. I was the marketing, I was the sales, I was the CEO, I was, I was everything. And then learning how to delegate that and automate that was a game changer for me. Right? How long did you do that for? 
How long did you do everything for? Mm, too long. <laughs> too long. <laughs> uh, probably a couple of years. So let's talk about that because that is, let's start there because that is the biggest mistake that I, that I think young entrepreneurs make. And, you know, I always tell my entrepreneurs and, and my clients that you got to focus on your strengths. High, focus on your strengths, hire your weaknesses. You can't do all of those things and ever really grow. Mm-hmm. You're going to grow so much slower when you're doing everything. You're not good at everything. No, none of us are, right? So we really have to focus on the strengths, hire our weaknesses. If you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. And it's impossible to do everything. You know, I have a, a graphics company that I partnered with in, in um, Texas a few years ago. He called me up. He wanted to sell his business. And I could tell, I could tell him that he was passionate, but I could also tell, tell that he was about to cry, <laughs> you know? And he's like, listen, my, my wife and I can't do this anymore. It's a graphics company that's, that specializes in vehicle wraps for first responders. So like police cars, ambulance, fire trucks, things of that nature. He said, you know, we're working 14 hours a day. We have one employee. I just can't do it anymore. He goes, I don't have the business acumen to grow the company to the next level. And he says, my wife and I are working 14 to 16 hours a day and we're about to kill each other and we're probably going to get a divorce. And by the way, I took a mortgage out of my home, on, on our home. So what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, I don't have the business acumen to grow the company to the next level, but we're really known for our great quality. We have unparalleled quality and artwork in the industry. And in fact, we have such a great reputation. We're turning down about 6,000 clients a year. That's wow. what I did. I went, wow. 6, and they're working, and they're working out, out of their office, their garage office. 6,000 clients a year. And so I said, listen. And then he told us one employee he's selling. So I said, listen, your business is not sellable. Count yourself lucky today. You just got the lottery ticket. And he <laughs> goes, what do you mean? I said, because if you would have got anyone else, even somebody in my office, they would have put you on the market probably. And you're not sellable because you are the business. Mm-hmm. If I take you and your wife out of the business, you guys are the business. There is no business. So I said, well, what are, you gonna, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I said, I'm going to give you a bunch of homework. I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fly to Texas and meet with you. So I did that and I ended up partnering with them. And I ended up investing money and you know, taking them out of the garage into, I don't know, 5,000, 6,000 square foot space, hired employees, hired a COO. I actually created a business versus a job. When I went there, though, they were so crazy busy because they're trying to keep up with the orders. They're trying to do the artwork. They're printing all the graphics. They're doing the installs on the vehicles. And then they're trying to handle invoicing, invoice their clients. And they're not even invoicing their clients. They're taking the invoice and shoving it in the cabinet because they don't have time. So there's nobody to invoice. There was no, you know, they, they were way behind on billing. And there's no way that they could really hire people because they were so into the chaos that they had zero time. You follow me? Oh, yeah. And most entrepreneurs get caught in that trap. Yeah. And that, so I guess that's kind of my ne- that leads me into my next question. Like, why do you like why do you think so many entrepreneurs get caught in that trap? Why do so many fall in there? I think, well, number one, they all need to go back and re- go read my book, Exit Rich. But I think the number one reason they get caught in that trap is because entrepreneurs focus on sales. 
we got to sell, 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 we got to get money coming in, money coming in, money coming in, because most entrepreneurs are undercapitalized. Mm-hmm. So when you're always focused on sell, we got to get money in, we got to get money in, we got to get money in. And all of a sudden you get all these clients, but you never built the infrastructure to handle the clients, then your business is going to collapse or you're going to collapse as a person. Yeah. So it's just like building a house. If you, if, if you have not built a solid foundation, a solid structure, and you have a big tornado or hurricane come through, your house is going to come tumbling down. Same thing with a business. So they're so busy on doing everything. A lot of entrepreneurs are control freaks. They think if I want it done right, I better do it myself. (laughs) And a lot of entrepreneurs just feel like they have to have their hand in every pot. Well, you'll never grow unless you let go of control. And so the first P that we talk about in the six P's and exit rich is people. People is number one. You don't build a business, Daniel. You build people. And they build the business. Mm-hmm. I'm glad and you came back to the six of, P's because I was going to ask that next. I'm glad. So keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> so people, people. So this graphics coming. Well, let me finish the story real quick. So we took him in, you know, took him out of the office, got employees, got everything. The same man that told me he doesn't have business acumen. This guy is one of the smartest men, men I've ever met. Smartest man I've ever met. He has tremendous business acumen. Him and his wife come up with all these brilliant ideas and she has tremendous business acumen. Both of them do. But the problem is when you're in your chaos and you're in your fog, it's foggy and it's hard to think. <laughs> I mean, who can think in that mess, right? No one. So visionary's got to get back up here. Entrepreneur's got to get back up here. Entrepreneur's got to get back up here. They're the visionary. They need an integrator. They need people. They need to put the right people in the right seat. Then they need to ask the who question. Who opens doors? Who handles clients? Who handles um, legal? Who handles accounting? Who handles environmental? Who handles manufacturing, transportation, logistics? The list goes on and on. The clue here, Daniel, is you should never be next to who. Everyone listening to this show right now needs to list down all the things that you do on a daily basis in your business or all the tasks that have to be done in your business. And then put somebody's name next to it. If you put your name next to everything, you have a job. (laughs) And don't, you know, people say, well, Sean, I can't afford to hire somebody. Let me tell you something. You can't afford not to. And you don't have to go out there and pay, you know, hire a 40, 50, $60,000 employee. Go get you some 1099s. If you're around colleges, get interns. We're around four colleges. We're on a waiting list because everybody wants to come and do an internship at Silo Tucker. Yeah. So there's where there's a world, there's a way, but you can't afford not to. Okay. So people is number one. Can I have a business without people? You need a layer of management as well when you start growing your company. Not in the beginning. In the beginning, you know, all of us do things that we probably shouldn't be doing, but we can't do that for too long. You really got to get people in there. When we started hiring employees and doing all this stuff with, with the graphics company, it was a game changer. Yeah. Because the owner can't do everything. The owner can't be the artist. The owner can't be customer relations. The owner can't be the one to do the installs. I mean, the owner was doing absolutely everything. Number two is product. Oh, let me go back to number one real quick. If you are the business, like the example I just gave you, the business will not sell. 
Well, if it sells, it's not going to sell for much. Yeah. Okay. Number two is product. Product is your industry or service. So you have to ask yourself, if you're starting a business, buying a business, or you've been in business for a while, is your product, your idea, your concept, is it on the way up? Is that industry on the way up or on the way out? You know, there were industries that were thriving before COVID and now dying. There were industries dying before COVID that are now thriving. So you have to ask yourself, do you have a blockbuster? Do you have, I mean, do you have an Amazon or do you have a blockbuster? If you have a blockbuster, ask these three transformational questions. Amazon did this back in the 90s. Number one, ask yourself, what business are you in? Amazon did that. What business are we in? And they said, we're in a, we're going to sell books. We're in a selling books business. Then they ask themselves, what do we do better than anyone else? We do fulfillment better than everyone else. And then the third question, the most important question, is what business should we be in? And they said, we should be in a fulfillment business, fulfilling everybody's products. Those three transformational questions took Amazon from a bookseller to a worldwide multi-billion dollar conglomerate. Yeah. So you really have to ask these transformational questions. The problem as entrepreneurs, just like you probably were, you get stuck in the transactional and you never have time to think. Yeah. When we can just separate and detach and really think and start asking some of those transformational questions, that's when we can really truly grow our, grow our business. The third P is processes. Processes will make or break your company. And most business owners, don't think about processes until they have to, just like they don't think about exit strategy until they have to. You know, we're selling a manufacturing business where um, an uh, uh, employee got hurt on the manufacturing floor. Pretty bad injury. And the owner says to me, yeah, we need a process for health and safety. I'm like, you needed that before. Yeah. <laughs> so now's not the time now. to think that, yeah. <laughs> so processes should be designed from the beginning of your company and designed with the customer experience in mind. Now, do you know what I mean by that? Sure. Most businesses, McDonald's started. Have you ever watched the movie The Founder? The McDonald's Brothers? I have not. I want to see that, though. I've not you got to go watch this movie. Yeah. So I'm not going to use Let's that example it. until you watch the movie. Okay. But the McDonald's started a business back in the 40s. And they, they, they started a business around a customer experience. And a customer experience is we want our clients, um, we want our customers to get great tasting food that's hot, fast right minute or less they never said organic they never said healthy <laughs> so you can eat at a mcdonald's anywhere in the world and get the same experience right mm -hmm. so most business owners get this wrong most business owners design their processes around their own agenda banks and social media companies are are really guilty of this you know, how many times have you had to push 20 buttons to get to a real person? Yeah. How many times have you been transferred over and over and over and over again to tell your story to five different people so you can get some results, right? So those processes are designed with, with their own agenda in mind because they feel like it's more efficient for them. So your, your processes should always be designed with the customer experience in mind. If you don't create happy clients, your competitors will be happy to do it for you. <laughs> yeah. And they should be productive, efficient, well documented. You should have policy and procedure manuals and SOP checklists. No matter how small your company is, start 
putting together your policies and procedures and do it from the beginning, not from yeah. the end. Well, and if I could, if I could interject just for a second yeah, of there, course. that is exactly where I am inside of the business that I'm currently doing right now. And, th- and that's kind of where I've started to, to transition. So you know, just to kind of relate to everyone out there, like even me, like I'm in that phase right now where figuring out the processes is the one thing holding me back from scaling. Cause every right. client I get is a little bit different. They got a little bit of a different thing. They want this, they, and I'm catering to all of them because I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get the business started and everything, but yeah. now I'm, I'm already going through this several times. I've realized there's no process. There's no scalability here at all. That's right. That's right. And you know what? You might have to hire an expert to help you sort it out and help you get those processes together. And usually that's where people get stuck. And that's usually why they're not scalable because they can't figure out the processes. Yep. 100%. Yeah. So number four, I'm going to run through this really quickly is proprietary. Proprietary is a number one value driver. This will get you a much higher multiple than anything else. It can take you from a three multiple of EBITDA to a five or six multiple or even higher. So proprietary assets, number one, branding. The more well-branded you are, the more we can sell your company for as long as your brand is relevant in the mind of the consumers. Okay, so branding is key. It's number one. Biggest brand in the world is, do you know? Um, I want to say Apple. Yay, you win. <laughs> you win. I don't know what you win, but you win. <laughs> so <laughs> Apple is the biggest, $389 billion, or $349, somewhere around there, but lots of billions. And that's without cash flow, inventory, real estate, or anything else. Build your brand, build your exit. Trademarks are also very valuable. And since you have entrepreneurs and startup entrepreneurs on, on the show, listening to the show, I want them to hear this right now. When you start your business, don't just get a state trademark. Check the federal database and make sure that name is available because I hate to see you operate your business for five, 10 years and all of a sudden you receive a system assist letter that you have to stop using that company name. Yeah. So go spend the money. It's like $1,500, $2,000 and get a federal trademark. Federal trademark your podcast, your company name, your slogan, your logo, anything that is unique to you. My podcast and my book is Exit Rich. I'm get, I got that trademarked. Okay. Patents are also very valuable. Very valuable. We once sold a company for $18 million. I had 18 patents and the company wasn't making any money. Contracts extremely valuable as well. Manufacturing contracts, distribution contracts, franchise or contracts. They have franchisees. Client contracts are the most valuable of all, but you need to make sure that you have the two sentence clause in there that says these contracts are transferable. This is why every person starting business should read Exit Rich because these tips I'm giving you will keep you from losing a lot of money because, you know, I always say you don't know what you don't know. So contracts, residual income reoccurring revenue is also very, very valuable. Um, databases, Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp. And WhatsApp was making how much? Yeah. Plus, plus they were hemorrhaging. So WhatsApp had a billion users and Facebook knew they could monetize an ROI that. And then... There's other things that drive value, celebrity endorsements. Being on, you know, I have a client that, that is on Oprah's favorite things. Radio endorsements, because they can only endorse one skincare or one diet plan at a time. Um, also, e-commerce businesses. 
any of those top spots on Wayfair, Etsy, Amazon, huge, yeah. huge value in that. All right. So number five is patrons. You want to have customer diversification, not customer concentration. Most businesses follow 80-20 rule where 80% of the revenue comes from 20% of the clients. You lose a few clients, you're in big trouble. Then the last P and the most important P to all entrepreneurs is profits. But the reason I put profits last is because profits is never the problem. Lack of profits is never the problem. It's a symptom of not operating one of the other five Ps. I have clients that come to me and say, Michelle, I have a profit problem. I'm like, no, you have a people problem. No, you have a process problem. You have a proprietary problem. Yeah. So those are, that's the infrastructure that every business owner should build their business on from day one. And you will have a, state, a sustainable, scalable, and I promise you a sellable asset when you're ready. That's so cool. I'm glad that you, I'm really glad that you put profit last. Like when, when after I kind of hear what you talked about beforehand of, you know, we're all like, just when you start up, like we just got to sell, 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 sell. And there starts to be this belief that just cash will solve problems yeah. well, to, to a certain extent. Right. But like you said, the having profit last, like you said, it's more of a symptom than an actual problem. Well, one of the things I always ask on Shark Tank is how are you going to use this money? How are you going to use this money? How are you going to use this money? And you know what? I, if I was a shark on Shark Tank, which I should be, I would be asking, wait a minute. Let's go through these five P's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because let's fix these problems before I pour money on the fire. Because <laughs> yeah. money's not always the answer. Yeah. It's a symptom of not getting these things right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope someday you do make it to Shark Tank. That would be, that would be really, really <laughs> well, cool. Well, I have Kevin Harrington, the original shark from Shark Tank, um, wrote the foreword for my book, Exit Rich. Nice. Very cool. So yeah, I mean, tell us a little bit, you know, um, as we conclude here, you know, where we can go to get the book and, and get more information about you. Sure. So um, I'm happy to say that Sharon Lecter is my co-author in Exit Rich. Sharon Lecter wow. wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert yeah. Kiyosaki. She's a New York Times bestselling author five times. She also wrote several books in the Pulling Hill Foundation. Plus, she's a CPA, financial literacy expert, and the advisor to several presidents. And she's, wrote, she's written the Mentor's Corner after every chapter of my book. Plus, Steve Forbes has endorsed her book. Jack Canfield, Brian Tracy, Tom Hawkins, Mark Victor Hansen, Les Brown. So we have a lot of good endorsements. Um, everyone can go get the book right now. We're in the middle of pre-sales. They can buy it at exitrichbook.com. I would not buy it at Amazon because, because you won't get the book until it launches. If you yeah. buy it at exitrichbook.com, it's less expensive, $24.79. We will email you the digital download immediately. Then we'll ship the hardcover to your doorstep. Then we'll give you a lifetime membership into the Exit Rich Book Club. If you like what you're hearing here, there's a lot more of this, of me. <laughs> Plus there's documents. All the documents you need to run your business and sell your business. Sample employee handbooks, um, non-competes, organizational charts, sample letter of intent, sample purchase agreement, sample due diligence checklist, sample closing docs. Right there, Daniel, those documents are worth over $25,000. Yeah, for the price of a book, that's a really, really good deal. Yes, because you don't <laughs> just get to review them, you get to download them. And then we also give you a 30-day membership in two club CEOs. Club CEOs is a mastermind that I founded where we ask those tough transformational questions. We help entrepreneurs 
you know, really build a sustainable, scalable business so they can exit rich. Wow. That is a sweet, sweet deal. I mean, you guys better head over there and get that book like right now. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Get the bucket and email me, email me your comments. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. That is, uh, that's about all we have time for Michelle. Thank you so much for joining the show. I really, really appreciate nice. it. I hope we could have you uh, sometime on the future or in the future, you know, come back on and talk about things again, but I'm very excited for your book, Exit Rich. Um, it was an honor to talk to you. Uh, pleasure as always. And um, yeah, absolutely. So that is all my friends for today. Um, Hope you guys got a lot of value from that. Um, I will catch you on the other side of this break and we'll wrap this, uh, this daily show up. All right, my friends. Hey, my friend, before you check out from this episode, I have something very awesome to tell you. If you haven't already, you need to download the Run Your Day app right now. It's absolutely amazing and will change your freaking life. It is the official app of this podcast. Now, you might be a regular listener of the show or maybe you're new to the podcast. And either way, I want you to actually start implementing the things that you hear me talk about on this podcast every single day. I'm going to quote something for you here. Revelation without implementation is simply masturbation, my friend. Yes, I said it. So don't be that guy. Download the Run Your Day app now from either the Apple App Store or Google Play. Or you know what? Even if you boycott both of those stores for some reason, you can access the same app at app.runyourdaypodcast.com. That's A-P-P dot run your day podcast.com no download required we got guided meditations self-guided chat journeys which are super freaking cool and they actually help you run your day and figure out your mental blocks so it's something you can't afford to miss out on so please do yourself a favor do me a favor and download the run your day app on your phone and take this experience to the next level i'll see you there